This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast, Jesus was hurt far more by the church than anyone could ever be hurt by the church. But the Bible says he loved it and he gave himself up for it and he waits for it at the altar like a groom waits on his bride because one day he's going to wash her clothes, he's going to clean her up, he's going to he's going to take their best in a spirit of grace and mercy and give it the perfection of Jesus. We're not there yet, but it's where we're heading. Welcome or welcome back to the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry of Journey Church International in Lee Summit, Missouri. My name is Brandon, and I'm really excited about today's conversation with Pastor Christian. We'll be discussing the final message in our series called Difference Makers. And in this series, we are learning to chase the vision that God has for our personal lives as well as for our church. Pastor Christian, before we jump into the discussion about your message, I wanted to share a a really cool story from an Activate listener who uh, this individual is a new listener who sent me an email, and, and it really touched my heart. I want to read it to you, if you don't mind, and love your comment on it afterwards. She writes this, My name is Samantha. I'm a corporate accountant out of New York. I found the Activate podcast on Spotify while I was looking for a song called Activate. I'm not sure what that song is. It might be a little revealing, but anyways, it, she goes on to say, You could say that I stumbled upon finding your church and the direction I needed to guide my faith. She writes this, Recently, I went through a season of my life in which I did not rely on Jesus when I needed him. Frankly, I didn't even acknowledge I needed him. I think that I knew I needed him deeply, but I I didn't want to reveal the vulnerability to myself. After swinging out of the lowest part of my life journey thus far, God expressed himself to me in the loudest way. Talk about tough love. Since that moment, I've been looking for a guide, an avenue to express myself. I dedicate every Friday morning to listen to Activate on the train on my commute to work. Thank you for being that avenue. And then she signs it, Sam. Pastor Christian, who would have thought a church in Lee Summit, Missouri could have impact in the life of a of a woman who's just happened to stumble across our podcast on our commute back and forth to New York City? Yeah, well, so I, I would answer this. When I when you first forwarded that email, I, I was just blown away. And um and Sam, if you were listening on a on a Friday morning on the way to work, uh, we're we're so glad that you're listening. Your your email to us made made me want to be better. Yes, um, I thought, man, let's uh, if, if we have if we have people, you say, who would have thought this could happen? God would have thought this could happen um, because we we know um, in in the Old Testament scripture we meet a woman named Hagar who had a pretty hard day, mm-hmm. um, and she, she was sitting in the desert one day, you know, between Israel and the Sinai Peninsula, and she and she thought God's forgot about me. And God just kind of out of nowhere, um, like like looking for a song on Spotify and finding something else. God speaks to her, and He grabs her heart again, and she, and she calls God the God who sees me, Bier yeah. Laharoy, uh, the God who sees me. Um, God could have seen and did see um, that Sam would stumble across this podcast and every other podcast listener who's listening to this. God sees people. God's, God knows people. God loves people. Mm-hmm. Um, and God is often prompting guys like us to do new ministry things, not even for the reason we think. We, we think we're doing it to help our small group leaders better prepare to lead and answer questions for the small group. And God's thinking, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm going to use that motivation in you, but it's because um, there's this gal who travels to New York City on the train every Friday. Um, and I want to, I want to speak to her heart because I love her. Um, 
um, and I know her. Um, so God, God could have, God could have thought, and for Sam and everyone else who just stumbled on to this podcast, and God has used it in your life. Uh, man, we're so so honored uh, and excited for for the ones who will come in the future the exact same way. Well, Pastor Christian, we're recording this podcast on the Thursday before us, a really significant Sunday for our church. We call it Commitment Sunday. We've asked the people of Journey to prayerfully consider how they can financially partner with us as we aim to build a a much larger facility so that we can better achieve our mission as a church. And this Sunday, people will be bringing their financial pledges to church and then and turning them in. And you've courageously led us in this charge. I, I'm just curious, Pastor Christian, how's your heart right now? How are you feeling as we approach this significant Sunday? So I, I don't know if all of these answers can be true at the same time, but scared to death, right. um, obviously, um, at total peace, really excited, really nervous, kind of, kind of all those things at the exact same time. Um, I, I was just in the back signing a bunch of birthday cards for um, families who serve in our church uh, and the uh, the volunteer in our church who helps me with that every week um, said, what What do you think about Sunday? You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, she said, I'm sure you and Scott... Um, have an idea of what's going to come in. And I said, no, we don't. Actually, wow. we we have no idea. It is a total faith journey. Uh, but man, it's it's been so good. My my heart is really excited. This series, it's weird if you look back on the series, if, if you were just a casual observer for the series and you cut like the last three minutes off of every message, you wouldn't even know this series was about building a building because that's not what the series has been about. I think my heart is excited because we've led our church on a journey the last five weeks to, to chase the vision of living on mission, to chase the vision to know God, be transformed, find your purpose, and then go do it. Um, and I And I think... And uh, in, in last week, I, I hate that you missed the podcast. I'm glad that Danielle and I got to talk. But Brandon, last week's message on some kid yes. in the feeding of the 5,000, I mean, it was just really powerful. And God really used the thought of a Lunchable can teach a lesson if you'll put your best in the hands of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not just for the building, but in life. If we put our best in the hands of Jesus, he, he uses it. Um, and our best is enough not just to grow us, but to bless the rest. Uh, I'm just, I'm really excited about this season in our church. I'm nervous about where the number comes. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if we'll get all that we need. And if we don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know if we're supposed to build less. I don't know if we're supposed to try to raise a little more. Those are all faith questions that I think are just going to press me closer to Jesus. So I'm, I'm excited uh, if, the re, if the result is more than enough. I know it's going to be great for my faith. If the result is not enough, I know it's going to be great for my faith. I know God's going to use it. So I'm, I'm really looking forward. Uh, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad I don't have to end every message by asking for $9 million. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm excited for, w- for what it's going to lead to in the future. Well, let's unpack your powerful message for Sunday. Um, in Matthew 16, Jesus states, I will build my church. Would you mind briefly discussing the biblical origins of of the church? Where do we first see evidence of the church existing in Scripture? Can you unpack this a little historically for us? Yeah, so so just briefly, the first time that Jesus uses the word church is here in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. He's in Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi. Uh, we showed pictures on Sunday. He's preaching probably in front of the Temple of Pan, mm-hmm. dedicated to the, to the god Pan. Um, and, and that was a place where people went— because they thought there was a test there that would tell them whether or not they were connected to God. And Jesus said, hey, here's what connects you to God, me. And the message that my life was given for the world is a sacrificial 
lamb that God sent me to be the Jewish Messiah, the savior of the world. That's what's going to, that's what's going to build the church. The word church in, in scripture means, uh, means a called out gathering. It doesn't mean a denomination. It doesn't mean a building. It's an, it's not a location. It is a group of people living on mission together. Um, and you could, you could say that, that Jesus disciples were, were his first church. They were the first group of people called out living on mission together. But then we really begin to see the origins of what we call the New Testament church in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus told the disciples, you just stay here and pray till the Holy Spirit comes. And when, and when the Holy Spirit comes, power, spiritual power is going to fall on you from heaven. And then you're going to tell everyone else about me. And then there's going to be a whole lot of people called out living on mission together. And when that happened in Acts chapter 2, we see the birth of the New Testament church in Jerusalem. Unfortunately, what always happens, what always happens in church is when, when, a, when a church kind of g- begins to grow, when a church is birthed and grows and people begin growing and people know God and they begin to be transformed and they begin to find their purpose, you have a choice to make. Are we going to be inward focused or outward focused? Jesus told his disciples, when that happens, when you begin to know me, you're transformed, you find your purpose and you go do it. Go do it in other places. Don't just stay together. Um, and they said, hey, this is so good. We should all just stay together. So the early church was birthed in Jerusalem. And we saw that they they would meet for for singing and for teaching um, from people who, who, who had the gifts of teaching and who were called to teach. Uh, and then during the week, they would go home and they would spend time in homes and they would have meals together and they would talk about their spiritual growth. They would find needs in the community and they would work to meet those needs and as that Jerusalem church grew, eventually it became persecuted because it was this, it was a, it was a huge church, um, thousands. This was probably a 10 to 15,000 member church um, of Jews worshiping Yeshua, uh, Jesus as the Messiah. They were not what we would call converted Jews. They hadn't converted away from Judaism. They were completed Jews. They thought the, the promise savior of Judaism had come. So they, they were still practicing Jews. That's why they went to the temple mm-hmm. to have New Testament church, because they were they were practicing Jews who just believed they had found the Messiah. Um, but the church had so much influence in the book of Acts, it, it was persecuted. They scattered, and everywhere they scattered, they took their faith with them. And these little, what we would call local churches, congregations, began to pop up all over the Mediterranean world. The ones we know most about were planted by a man named Saul, Saul was a, a Pharisee, which means he was a, a very, very well-educated religious scholar in Israel. He was Jewish. He became a Christian. Um, he changed his name to Paul because Paul is easier to say in the Greek language than Shaul, which is Saul in the Hebrew language. Um, and he went and started all these churches. And we see when we read the book of Acts, the the launch of local congregations all over the world. And then we see in his epistles kind of how the church was set up. We see lots of trouble because anytime you anytime you put a bunch of broken people together, even if they've been forgiven, redeemed, and put on mission, there's going to be a lot of crazy dysfunction happening. Mm-hmm. So when you read through the New Testament, really what you what you read is is doctrine addressing dysfunction, mm-hmm. um, correction in crisis. I mean, it wasn't a pretty picture of the church, but but it's a useful picture of the church. Um, and and then and then from there, anywhere people would take their faith. 
and a group would start, the church um, would continue to spread. And today there's, gosh, probably hundreds of denominations, churches that speak hundreds of different languages on every populated continent uh, in the world. For, for years, the church was just a gathering. It was a gathering of people known as Christ followers. Um, none, of, none of the signs outside the buildings or the gathering places in the New Testament would have said, um, First Church of Ephesus, First Church of Corinth, First Church of Philippi. They would have just said that that gathering of people, they're Christians. As a matter of fact, in a, in a town called Antioch in modern day Syria, um, that was the first place that the gathering, this group of people following Jesus together were ever called Christians because they said that group follows Christ. Um, the, the word gathering is ecclesia in the Greek language. So they would have, you know, probably said something like ecclesia you know, Christians or Christians, Christ ones, that's a gathering of people that want to be like Jesus. Um, when the New Testament was translated into German, the word ecclesia, church, became the, the German word kirch, A, mm. K I R C H E. Um, and when English speaking folks began to read the German uh, part of the Bible, they saw the gathering of Christ followers and they thought they were called the kirch. Um, the church. So that that's the word that, you know, kind of sits on our sign, Journey Church International. Uh, we hope, we hope the reality is of, of that is that uh, Journey is a group of followers of Jesus who are living on mission together internationally. That That's what church um, really means. But it's, man, it's two, it's 2,000 years young. I don't say it's 2,000 years old. It's 2,000 years young because I think Jesus is just getting started. He's certainly just getting started at our ecclesia, our kirche, um, our group of Christ followers trying to follow Jesus together. Um, and and anywhere, anywhere the Holy Spirit blows into a village in the world, a church is established uh, that lets people connect to heaven connect to God, know God, uh, be transformed, find their purpose, and, and live on mission. Christian, let's talk about that for just a moment. Let's um, talk about specifically this idea that you mentioned from Pastor Wick Warren that states this, the greatest force of good in the world is the church. And 2,000 years ago it launched, and now it's still going as stronger than ever. What, what would our world, what would our communities look like if the church was not here? What would it look like? So if you've ever if you've ever traveled to parts of the world without the church, um, you can see it and you can feel that this. So this isn't this isn't a theoretical question in some parts of the world. Uh, I remember years ago uh, waking up in Beijing, China, uh, on a Sunday morning, um, a, a place that you know, unless you've got government per permission, a, a place that culturally does not practice Christianity where Sunday is not the Lord's day. And I remember looking out my window on Sunday morning and it looking like Monday morning. Mm. Um, it was just a norm. It was just a normal day of the week. Mm. And I remember thinking, wow, what would it be like to live in a culture, even culturally, you know, if it's not your heart, but even culturally where there wasn't this stopping mm. and this pausing to, um, to worship God. If we, fa if we fast forward to try to, to try to answer this question in, 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 in reality, but in theory also. In the book of Revelation, um, you know, John on the island of Patmos revealing the end times talks about a period in the world where the restraining influence of the Holy Spirit, which right now is evidenced through the church, right? The Holy Spirit mm -hmm. works through believers who corporately are the church, uh, where the restraining influence of the Holy Spirit is taken away. Uh, and, if, and if you would think of 
if if we believe that the only goodness in our world really comes from God, mm. if we really believe like David said, and then Paul repeated in Romans, that there's no one good, there's no one righteous, not even one, and even the good attributes, um, the sun shining on both the righteous and the unrighteous, all that comes from the goodness of God, every good and perfect gift. If we really believe that comes from God, like James says, and all of a sudden that's taken away, that means the fruit of the Spirit cannot be evident without the Spirit. So what does a world without the church look like? It looks like a world without love, without love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Can you imagine living in a world without love, without joy, without peace, without patience, without goodness? Those are all things, according to Scripture, that the Spirit brings. And when the restraining power of the Spirit is taken away, those things go away. Um, That's just one small way to answer it. But if you could picture a world... And it's easy sometimes where everyone just lives for themselves and there's no punishment of evil. There's no punishment of wrong and there's no standard of good that anyone's trying to strive for. That's that's what a world without the church looks like. A culture without the church, very dark, um, very, very driven, very hopeless, uh, a, a world uh, without the church. I don't know that I'd, I don't know that I'd want to live in that world. And one of the schools um of eschatology, um, you know, b- believes that Christians get to be raptured. They get to, they get to be taken out of the world before that great season of tribulation where there is no Holy Spirit, no church anywhere comes on the world. Um, you know, I, I don't know that anyone can nail that eschatology right. down, but that's the one I would pick. Mm-hmm. Like if I got to choose which one is best, I would say the one where I don't have to live in a world where there is no church would, would be the one that I, that I would like to choose. It's a frightening thought, but I thought I uh, we we could unpack that just a little bit and, and and consider that just for a moment. It just goes to show you how much we should appreciate um, what the church does. No doubt about it. And, and I meant I mentioned it in um, in my message. Um, you know, Rick Warren when they were when they were serving the Southeast after Katrina, uh, in the Wall Street Journal, basically came to the conclusion that. There are some disasters that are too big even for government to mm-hmm. do anything for, but the church is always there. Um, the, the, the Red Cross supervisor that said nearly 100% of the volunteers who came to help the Red Cross came from churches. Um, yeah, take all of that away. Yes. And, it, and, it's, and it's, a, it's a hard world. But yeah, I'm thankful. Um, and I know your next question is going to get it. I'm thankful, even in its brokenness, mm-hmm. for the church. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that brokenness for just a moment. Because we'd love to say the church has got it all together, but the reality is we're all human, right? And we're all broken, right? And so there's some blemishes. So you brought up a, a quote by Tim Keller that said this: "We wasn't must, this a great quote? By the a, way, it's a fantastic quote. quote. We must joyfully seek out the church and praise God for what it could be, while confessing, as long as we are a part of of it, that it will be flawed. It'll be a flawed community, far from reflecting God's character." Pastor Christian, I couldn't help but thinking that maybe maybe there is uh, someone listening right now that's thinking, I get it, the church is a really big deal, but I've been hurt by the church. Some of my greatest heartache has come from being involved in a in a in a church. What would you share to that individual if they were in this room today? So when I was growing up, every Saturday, uh, I watched Saturday Night Live. Um, and my friends would watch it at their house. And then we talk about it at school on Monday because we weren't real time. We couldn't text about it. We couldn't talk about it, but right. we watch it. And then we would, un- we would unpack it in first period on Monday. 
And and one one skit that they always did, you know, was was this deep thoughts by Jack Handy. Love it. Yeah. And one of one of the deep thoughts by Jack Handy, which, you know, just they're just dumb statements that you get to the end of it. And they either make you roll your eyes or laugh or a little bit of both like Casey's dad jokes. Um, So so dumb that you have to chuckle um, was was this sometimes when it's raining really hard. um, I like to tell some little kid it's rain when it's raining really hard. It's because God is crying. (laughs) And then I tell them, and it's probably because of something you did, (laughs) you know, yeah. (laughs) If somebody came up and said, um, man, the church has hurt so many people. I would say it's probably because of something you did. Mm. Uh, The church hurts people because people are involved in it Mm -hmm. and people are broken. Um, Listen, you see, I don't want to be a part of things that hurt people. How could Jesus have done ministry with that mindset? Because mm-hmm. the first person who was hurt by the church and the person who was hurt most deeply by the church, by the sin of people um, who would want to follow Jesus, was him. Yeah, Jesus was hurt far more by the church than anyone mm-hmm. could ever be hurt by the church. But the Bible says he loved it and he gave himself up for it and he waits for it at the altar like a groom waits on his bride because one day he's going to wash her clothes. He's going to clean her up. He's going to he's going to take their best in a spirit of grace and mercy and give it the perfection of Jesus. We're not there yet, but it's where we're heading. That's good. And I would say to someone who's been hurt by the church, as long as people like you and me go to church. We're going to get it wrong and we're going to hurt people. But the person will hurt the most is Jesus Mm. and his spirit will will love us through that. And if his spirit is in the church, we must love people through that as well. Um, That's why I love Keller's quote. We celebrate we celebrate what the church could be. We give because of what the church could be, Um, not not what it is. But man, what it will be one day when it lives in the perfection of a marriage to Jesus. So I, I would say, hey, man, I, I get it. But let's not overlook the fact that our brokenness has let someone down too. And only the grace and mercy of Jesus takes what you have done to hurt somebody and what I have done to hurt somebody. It puts us together to build each other and then to allow us to go help other people experiencing mm-hmm. the same thing. Only the church does that. That's powerful. The first part of your message, um, you obviously unpack the church, but in the second half of your message, you discuss the battle. Pastor Christian, you stated one of Satan's tactics is to find where God is moving and to fight there. I have no doubt that God is moving in our church, Pastor Christian, but even more in the individual lives of people connected to Journey. So, so that we as individuals can recognize when we're facing spiritual battle, what does it look like when Satan is attacking, and 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 what should our response be? Yeah, so I, you know, I read that question, and I thought that is that is almost an impossible question to answer specifically. Sure, because it, it Satan attacking looks like so many different things, but I'm going to try to give a couple big areas where he always attacks right. based on some scripture. So Jesus says in John eight forty four that Satan is the father of lies. He's a, he's lied from the beginning. He's going to lie till the end, but all of his lies are told to make you question God, doubt God, um, run from God. So I would say anything that's getting in your head that makes you question God, that's mm-hmm. spiritual warfare. I mean, it's not, I mean, let's just think for a minute. It's not the Holy Spirit. Right. 
The Holy Spirit is never whispering in your ear, why would God do that? Why would God say that? Why would God allow that? So any internal dialogue that you meditate on in your heart or in your head that makes you doubt God, question God, run from God, lean away from God rather than to God, that is spiritual warfare. Those are lies of the devil. The devil is a, is a liar. He's, he's the father of lies. I would also say this. It is impossible. It's impossible, Brandon, for your spirit to worry and worship at the same time. Because they take the exact same muscles and the exact same energy. And we were created to worship. We were created in every moment of life with every fiber of our being to worship God. So when we find ourselves worrying instead of worship, we know that's not a Holy Spirit instinct in us. So lies are spiritual warfare. We have to see it. Worry is spiritual warfare. We have to see it. Fear is spiritual warfare. The scripture says in some format, 365 times, fear not because Jesus is with you. Fear is fear is forgetting for a moment that Jesus is with us. He's in charge. He's powerful. He's good. We can trust him. Um, So I would say in those three big areas, how do we know when we might be under spiritual warfare? When you're when your internal monologue is making you question God, doubt God lean away from God, run from God, spiritual warfare, wake up. Um, when you find worry overcoming your life, you, you, that means you, you've stopped using your spiritual muscles for good. You've started using them for bad. Wait, spiritual warfare, wake up. When you find yourself constantly gripped by fear, spiritual warfare, um, wake up. What is the answer to all those things? Lean into God. How do we really do that? The best way we do that's through prayer. Mm-hmm. I mean, the best way to fight spiritual warfare is on your knees. I mean, like that, that's what you need. The right. best way to fight spiritual warfare is on your knees, pray, um, and just keep praying until you feel like the battle has passed or until you feel like you got enough for that day. And then you can hit your knees and pray tomorrow. It's why we're launching our year with this series, Dear God, learning how to talk to God, because we got a lot. We have a lot of people who have who have just picked up a rock and thrown it at the edge of hell in our community to try to break through it. You cannot think you can do that and not have Satan throw something back. Right. I mean, everyone who gives a dollar in this building campaign has has just like sucker punched the devil and said, come on, Mm. he's going to swing back. Learn how to pray. Um, And it's why we're entering the season of 21 days of prayer right off the bat in January, because I promise people who on December 15th come and lean in spiritually to what God is doing at our church by January 15th. We'll feel some pressure coming back on them. But if they can learn to pray, those doubts, those worries, those fears, they'll be able to battle through those things and find themselves stronger spiritually. I, that that answer to that question is going to be so helpful for someone that's listening right now that's trying to understand what is going on. Right. I thought I've made the right decisions. I thought I've been making movement toward God and that everything would kind of smooth out and things would get <laughs> right. better. Right. But you've just... Um, informed us and reminded us that when we start making movement, as you did in the Sunday's message, whenever there's a movement towards God, it's going to be confronted with some spiritual warfare. We just need to be able to recognize that. We have that. to be aware of it so that so that we know where to go to be safe. Yeah. No doubt about so it. So good. Well, Pastor Christian, this is our final podcast of the year. Uh, as you look back for just a moment, what will be some of your fondest memories of 2019 at Journey? Yeah, so for me, Brandon, it's it's the stories. It's Sam. It's Sam. Yeah, it's yeah. Sam listening on a train um, in New York to 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 hope that God is using what you're doing. 
and then and then to know for sure said epinosis that we talked mm-hmm. about in the in the sermon two weeks ago, knowing by experience hey, God is really taking this and using it is huge. Um, I think of a, a, a little senior in our church, Maddie Greider, yes. um, on 21 Days of Prayer, who stood up on the stage and said within like the first eight days of 21 Days of Prayer, eight girls that she had been praying for um, had, given, had given their life to Christ. It's, sto- it's stories like that over and over and over again, where we, we cast a vision for who we believe God is calling people to be as followers of Jesus. And then they lean into that and it just unlocks something in their spirit that, that allows them to experience all that God has for them. So it's, it's the stories of individual people. And then for, for me also, it's the unbelievable volunteers and staff of our church. Um, you know, we, when we sat in this room last year in December, um, we didn't, we didn't have any services over at Summit Lakes. Mm-hmm. And now we have two. Uh, we literally have two churches that operate at the exact same time two miles from each other, but it's taken dozens and dozens and dozens of volunteers. It's taken our staff being willing to, to basically do two different jobs at the same time. Um, I think the, the blessing of that, um, to just, to just realize, I mean, Brandon, I get, I get up, I get up every day and push as hard as I can in the direction of what God has called our church to. I think this year God has given me the opportunity to stop. And he said, look to your left, look to your right. There's a whole lot of people right beside you pushing in the same pushing direction. Um, and and for me, that doesn't make me think I don't have to push as hard because I have people helping me. It makes me think I want to push even harder because they're here pushing in the same direction. I think that's going to be my memory of 2019. How many people are pushing in the same direction to make things happen that are happening? And then just the individual stories that prove on a very small scale What we're praying is happening on a large scale, just large scale God moments, God transformation in the hearts and lives of people who 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 have some of Journey's ministry in their life. Well, it's been a great year. And Pastor Christian, I'm personally grateful for your leadership and your demonstration of courage and trust through this exciting season at Journey. And I believe 2020 is going to be uh, just as incredible because of the work that's being accomplished today. And we're so grateful that you've listened to this episode of Activate. As always, we pray that it has ministered to you and challenged you in some way. And there is still time. If you would like to learn more about this exciting season at Journey, you can visit differencemaker.cc. That's differencemaker.cc. This website will provide the why, the what, the how of this vision that Pastor Christian and the team has put together. So please take a moment to check it out and prayerfully consider how you can help us make this vision a reality. We pray that you have a very Merry Christmas, and we look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.